Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, we read these words. I want to read through verse 8. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That will be the majority of our conversation this evening, the majority of our study. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. But I want to go on and read the rest here. For this is he, it says in verse 3, that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his remnant of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region round about of Jordan and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits and meat for repentance. Now I want to go back to verses 1 and 2 because this is where, 1, 2, and 3, this is where we're going to be really spending most of our time focusing this evening and, and Lord willing we'll cover the, uh, these other verses a little bit more in depth next week. Uh, but it says, in those days, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now he was literally out in the wilderness in the and in, in all around Jerusalem is just what you see in pictures. It's it's pretty much desert, high desert like Nevada. Uh, I don't know if they get much snow there, but it's 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 desert. And and when they're speaking about wilderness, they're talking about an area. If you look that word wilderness up, you'll find that it means dry, barren. So when he says he's out, he's preaching in the wilderness of Judea. I think to myself. What a wilderness you and I live in. What a dry and barren place we live in in this country. I know we have the lushness of, of, of greenery around us, the trees and so on. But folks, we're talking about spiritual things. That's what God's Word is. It's spiritual. It's not meat and drink. It's spiritual. And the Lord speaks to us about spiritual things. And in, and in that sense, we are in a barren, wasteful land where... Very few places where you'll find the water, the gospel, the, the good news of Christ. Very few places. We know of one over in, in Yuba City. I know of another down in San Diego. I'm not saying there aren't any more. I'm just saying we don't know of any more. We don't see it, it, it we don't see the the lush greenery that comes with the gospel, the good news of the gospel in, in very many areas. So in our handout. After reading verses 1 through 8, John the Baptist was once again the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy some 400 years before a messenger of God. A prophet of the Most High wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He wrote, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, 
he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Now that's Malachi. Malachi 3.1. And that was some 400 years before John ever walked this earth, before John was ever born. And it says in verse 2 of our text, And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at heaven, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and then going on, and I want to continue on now in our handout. Many years before Malachi wrote, this is the second paragraph of page 1, the prophet Isaiah, also inspired of the Holy Ghost, wrote these words. He wrote, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now that's in Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. This prophecy, this fulfillment of prophecy that we're reading about here in John or in Matthew chapter 3 is declared and fulfilled by Matthew in verse 3. Look at verse 3. For this is he that was spoken. See the fulfillment of the prophecy that we just read, those two prophecies. <laughs> By the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way the Lord make his path straight. This prophecy is declared and fulfilled by Matthew in, in verse 3. How appropriate, how appropriate it is that the first gospel letter of the New Testament has so many declarations of God's word being fulfilled. This is the word of the last of the Old Testament prophets who all prophesied of the coming of the coming Messiah. From the point of John on, the apostles went on to a prophesy of Christ and what he did. But up until this point, all of God's prophets did the, prophesied of the same thing, of the Christ to come. This is the record of the last of the Old Testament prophets who prophesied the coming of the Messiah, John crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, Make his path straight. So that's the message, folks, of every preacher sent of God. There is only one way, and Christ is the way. That's what we read in John 14, 6. He said, John saith unto him, I am the way, or Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way, folks, is narrow. Very narrow. The, the, all the other religious religions of the world are, are many and wide. There's all these different ways. Those are all the paths of destruction. There's only one way to salvation, and that's through the Lord Jesus. Last paragraph of page 1. What did John preach? What were the leading themes of his ministry? With what message did he prepare the way of the Lord? John the Baptist spoke plainly about sin and repentance. Turn to page 2. Brother Don Fortner wrote this. He said, No man is faithful to your soul or faithful to God who does not expose your sin and proclaim to you the necessity of repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we are all sinners, if there is no repentance, we must all perish. We are all sinners by divine imputation, as we read in Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, 
for that all have sinned. We are all sinners by birth and nature, as we read in Psalms 51.5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and sin, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We are all sinners by choice and practice, as we read in Psalms 58.3. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. In Romans 3, verses 9 through 19, we read these words. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. No preacher, you know, I, I, I've been, a dear brother had come to me once and, and said, do we have to, do we have to point out you know, every one of your messages, you, you point out how bad the sin is and, and how much sin is in us. Is, is that necessary that we do that in every message? And I, ha I said, yes, it is. I said, that's why I come to church on Sundays, because I sin all the rest of the week. And I need to hear about my Savior who's saving me from the sin that I do and I commit. Until I leave this world, I have to fight this battle. And I, have, I, I need the support and the strength of God, and the only way to find that is, is in His Word. Mm -hmm. Going on at the second paragraph to the bottom of page 2, we are all sinners at heart. That's what we read in Jeremiah 17.9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Or Matthew 15.19, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false and witness, false witness and blasphemies. We are all so thoroughly sinful that even our righteousness must be repented of. That's what <laughs> repentance is. Isaiah 64, 6, we read these, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness, says, are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Isaiah 64, verse 7, we read these words, And there is none that calleth upon thee in thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. John the Baptist was a preacher of repentance who faithfully exposed and reproved the sins of his hearers. Listen to Matthew 3, verse 7 and 8 again. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptisms, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat 
for repentance. In other words, bring therefore forth signs, uh, uh, actions uh, that are meet, that are uh, worthy of, uh, of calling repentance. He plainly declared the necessity of repentance, warning religious men not to rest in their religious privileges or their religious services. He was no less faithful in preaching to the great and the mighty than to the weak and the lowly. Over in Luke 3, verse 18 through 20, we read about him and his, uh, uh, and his words to Herod. It says, And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. But Herod, the tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet this above all, that he shut John up in prison. So he wasn't afraid even of, of, of kings. He wasn't afraid of men at all. He was, he was uh, bold in speaking the truths of God and, and God's sovereignty. After John the Baptist comes the fulfillment of the Scripture in Christ Jesus, and John's message was repent, Turn from and turn to. Turn from religion. Turn from works. Turn from death and turn to life. Turn to grace. Turn to Christ Jesus. Repent means to turn from something to something else. He tells us what we are to turn to, to the kingdom of heaven. It is at hand. It is near. Listen to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What is the kingdom of heaven? 32 times this phrase is used and its exact form. And only here in the letter of Matthew. Other places in the Lord's word we see the phrase the kingdom of God. But only in the book of Matthew is this phrase the kingdom of heaven used. What is this kingdom of heaven? Let us answer this through the holy word of God. If you would, turn to page 4 of your handout. And, and there's, like I said, there's 32 times this phrase is used throughout the book of Matthew. And, and I'm not going to use them all because uh, I'd like to save some to cover as we get through to them in other parts of other studies. But we'll use some for now. We'll start with Matthew 5.3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven so we see that this kingdom of heaven it belongs to it theirs for theirs is the kingdom of god it means it belongs to them it belongs to these who are poor in spirit blessed are those whose spirit has been made poor is what this is talking about it's not talking about those who declare that oh yeah woe is me there's a lot of people who claim that and then they but I made a decision, or I got baptized, or whatever. No, this is talking about those who have been made poor. Blessed are those who are destitute in spirit. They have nothing. They have nothing to offer. Nothing to present. Those who know their condition before a thrice holy God. Those who have been brought to see they have no righteousness in themselves. That's what this is talking about. The poor in spirit. In Matthew chapter 5.10, we see another one where it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Once again, we see 
the kingdom of heaven belongs to a certain people. Before In verse 3, it was the poor in spirit. In verse 10, it is those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And we, we know that those who are poor in spirit have no righteousness. They've been shown that they have no righteousness of their own. Uh, going on, the, the paragraph right below that uh, reading of 510, those who are part of this heavenly kingdom are those who are tortured by their sin and who trust in Christ and His righteousness alone for their standing before God. The religious world, our own blood kin, turn against us for glorifying the Lord in everything that is. They hate a sovereign God and they hate us for loving Him. In John 17, 4, that's what the Lord tells us plainly and clearly. He says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. The world hates the fact that we have no righteousness of our own. And they hate us for declaring that our only righteousness, our only righteousness is Christ. We have none of our own. We'll never have any of our own. It'll always be of Christ. Then we read again in Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. This is that very thing the world persecutes you and I for. How dare you say, they may say to us, How dare you say, I am a sinner? I have turned myself from the acts, from those acts of sin, and now I choose to follow Christ. That's what they say. Or they'll say, how dare you say this? So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Quoting from Romans 9.16, God's word says not everyone who declares to be Christian will enter this kingdom of heaven. I have members of my family who gladly declare Seventh-day Adventists to be Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. You say, oh, the only, I, don't, I don't believe anything that, that, I don't believe a lot of their gobbledygook, but, uh-huh. but I, I would rather go to their church than, than uh, your church down there and rescue because they're such nice people down there and they don't talk about others like you do. I've, I've, my mom used to, she flat out came right out and told me that she was upset at Gene Harmon because Gene always beat up on other religions. She truly believed that other religions were just as Christian as you and I are. Folks, our Lord doesn't deal in lies. He is truth. And truth, in truth, you cannot have lies to teach uh, God's people. You must teach them in truth. So we go on continuing in our handout here. God's word says that not everyone who declares to be Christian will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we see this kingdom of heaven is for some, but not others. Isn't that what we read in Ephesians 1 verse 4? According as he hath chosen us in him, in the Son of God, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. Isn't that what we read in Ephesians? Not all who declare themselves to be Christians will see this kingdom of heaven. The last paragraph of page 4. What is the will of the Father? Remember back there just a moment ago in Matthew 
we read in John Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So those who do the will of the Father. So my question is, down in that last paragraph, what is the will of the Father which is in heaven? That all whom he gave to his Son would come to him. That's the will of God. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Or in John 6, 40, verses 41, and this is the will. This, you can't, this is God's word, folks. This isn't me interpreting God's word, saying what that means. This is the Lord's will, plain as can be. And this is the will of him that sent me. What is the Father's will? That every one which seeth the Son and believeth. Did you catch that? Everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. The Jews then murmured at him. The world doesn't like this. They don't like the truth of the gospel. They don't like the fact that our Lord God chose us before the foundation of the world. They want to have their own way. Well, I decided. I made a choice. I, I, I. Page 5. Going through these verses, reading the word of truth, we see the kingdom of heaven is a group. It's a group of those who will do the Father's will. Those who will believe. Those who are chosen in the righteousness of His Son, the Lord Jesus those who will be persecuted for his name's sake. What is the kingdom of heaven? It is the people of God for whom God has made his son Lord of. Not that Christ is not Lord of all, of all already, for he is Lord of everything, but that he has made it known unto us. His, he is Lord. We know him now as our Lord. We know him as our king, where we once thought ourselves to be lords. Through grace, the truth has been revealed. This is the message of every preacher of truth. We are saved by grace through faith, as we read in Ephesians 2. Salvation is of the Lord, not of works, lest men will boast. John describes himself as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, in John chapter 1, verse 23, Christ is the Word of God. This is what He's crying. The revelation of the triune God. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is, the bosom, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. A gospel preacher is simply a voice conveying the Word of God, a voice echoing the message of God has given. And what, a, what is a voice? Asked Robert Hawker. It is a non-entity. A, non a mere sound. Light as air. And so short, it is its being and existence, if you can call it that, if you can call it by such a name, that when it hath performed its office, it dies away in the air. Is dissolved and is known no more. Such said John am I when considered in any comparative view with my Lord and my Master. Yet the voice is not indifferent. He is found crying in the wilderness, it says, 
arousing and awaking sinners with the claims of God. His garments were plain and simple as the gospel is. His diet was plain and simple. As we read in Matthew 3 verse 4, And the same John had his remnant of camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust with wild honey. Page 6. Like John, God's servants are ordinary men. They're not pampered, self-serving men of luxury and ease. Our message is the same in all places to all for whom God chooses. It's repent. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. How can I be in this kingdom of heaven? Look, I've got it here in the handout with me. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 1, we read these words. Now the question here, remember, keep this word, keep this question before you. How can I be in this kingdom of heaven? Our Lord declares very clearly here to you and I. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. So here we see the picture. All the disciples sitting around. Who's the greatest? Boy, you talk about you talk about uh, uh, the nature of men. <laughs> and, and folks, the, the the preachers of God, the messengers of God, we're no we're we're not unacceptable to those very same things you are, to the very same things all of God's people are, to sin, to to sinful thoughts as this. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And the Lord brings in this little child in verse 2 unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted. Now when I read those words there, the first thing pops into my mind is what he said uh, to the Pharisee. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name at the moment. You must be born again. Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever there shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What's the, what's the, when you, when you hear the Lord speak of this, unless you come as this little child, I can, I can just imagine the tender passion that he has in his voice when he's saying this. And, he, and he's got this child, maybe even sitting on his lap. And he's, unless you become like this, could you imagine what those grown adults were thinking? Same thing as Nicodemus. What are you talking about? How can I, am I to enter into my mother's womb once again? How can I become as this little child? Simple. That's how. Simple. Trusting. Yes. Believing, you know, I, I don't know about you folks, but I believed everything my father said until I got old enough to find out it wasn't true. <laughs> but when I was a little kid, my dad could tell me anything, and I would believe it. That's that's the simplicity of a child. We, we didn't know any better then. Oh, we had we had no reason, no other no no reason not to trust. Well, folks, we have no reason not now, this very moment, not to trust our Lord and Savior in everything that He says. Amen. Because He is truth. Back in our in our uh, text there in the handout of page 6, verse 4, Whosoever there shall humble himself as this little child, 
the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5, And whoso shall, whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Oh, listen, isn't this wonderful? You know, I, I, think, I, was, I think I mentioned this the other day, but there's some who, who, who say, you know, we don't have blind faith. I don't know about you, but my faith is blind. blind. It's blind. I don't, I don't look with these eyes and, and, and believe because of what I see with these eyes. I believe because of God's Word says so. Amen. We see by faith, not by sight. Verse 6, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck, about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. That's what the Lord thinks of our enemies. That's what the Lord thinks of your enemies, Roger. Anybody who would offend you, anybody who would offend you, the child of God, it would be better for them that a millstone be tied around their neck. And then it jumps over to verse 10, 8, uh, Matthew 18, verse 10. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. Repent. Turn from your religious wicked ways of the, the works of men and turn to the grace of Christ. This is what that's talking about. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Verse 12, How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep, and one, and one of them have gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety-nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more that that sheep than the ninety-nine which went not astray. Even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Childlike faith. Believing. <coughs> Childlike belief. That's what that's all about. First, uh, page 7. After considering all those, I put these words on the last page to share with you some thoughts. This childlike belief, this childlike faith that God's people have. I believe God when He says, I did not choose him, he chose me. That's John chapter 15, 16. I believe God when he says, There are none righteous, no, not one. And I believe that applies to me in Romans 3, verse 10. I believe God when he says, He by himself purged my sins. I believe God when he says that because I know I can't do it myself. And you can read about that in Hebrews 1, 3. I believe God when He says He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. There's my sanctification. We talked, uh, I know there are those who believe in what's called progressive sanctification, that we get better and better as we go about through this life. Folks, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. We're already 100% holy as you can get. You can't get any holier than you are in Christ Jesus. He's perfect and holy in every way. We're sanctified, made holy in Him. He is our sanctification. I believe the Lord Jesus when He says, I have been perfected forever. Hebrews 10.14 I believe God when He says, My sheep hear My voice. That's in John 10.27 I cannot explain to you 
I cannot explain to you His grace to me, but I know it is so. His Word says so, and that's good enough for me. I know He is gracious. I know He was gracious in manifesting Himself in the flesh for my sake. I know He was gracious to me in establishing righteousness in that flesh that He was made, always doing what pleased the Father for my sake. I know He was gracious in being obedient even unto death for my sake. I know He was gracious in laying down His life, shedding His own precious blood, dying for my sake. And I know He is graciously sitting right now at the right hand of the Father, the throne of grace, for death could not hold Him, making intercession on my behalf. I can't explain why other than grace and love. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 14, we read these words. Then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me. How can I, how can I be in this kingdom of God? Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's, God cho it's God's chosen, blood-bought children who believe because of His graciousness to them. That's 